It's shake and bake, and I help. I met her at the Burger King. We fell in the machine. Hey, where's the meat? We have the meat. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. This is Heartburn Honeys with Jason and Stephanie and food. You ate it, Ralph. Howdy, folks. Welcome to Heartburn Honeys. Uh, this is the, uh, we're, we're calling this unofficially, or officially, the Juggalo edition. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we have Fago Red Pop. Diet Fago, to be exact. Why waste empty calories on, uh, on soda when you can... Drink them! With yeah. beer! Yeah! Or, you know, with macaroni and cheese, and pulled pork sliders, and buttermilk biscuits, because, whew, this is going to be a... Th- this is ultimate comfort food meal, I feel. Am I right? Yes. I think I'm right. I mean, it's just, it's it's a cold day out. The bottom layer of biscuits does not want to give way. That's not a problem at all. That means they're nice and crisp. Well. Or something. Where's my pizza cutter? <laughs> Boom. There we go. Yes, we're at, uh, we're at Heavy D's house. We are uh, getting ready to have some food here. Because, got to have some food. Explain how I came upon this meal. Um, so she's been bored with, uh, you know, and just everything. everything. And so decided to stop at our local IGA, which is a, um... The worst. Oh, it's a... It, some of them are nice. This one you said was very sad. This, yeah, the one in Oberlin's nice. Um, hmm. I don't think they have much in the way of grocery stores out there. And to be right. fair, they don't have much in the way of grocery stores in Eaton Township either. True. It's kind of a food desert. So you ended up there. You said it was sad, but you ended up with uh, the prepared food of uh, buttermilk biscuits, pulled pork sliders, and mac and cheese. And I got no problem with any of this. And to make it fancy, I put French fried onions on the mac and cheese. There we go. See? Now now, now it's like homemade. Yeah. I really slaved. <laughs> Over the register, making this. <laughs> Oh, so. Well, so how you doing? Uh, it's, it's I've been, been a... getting shit done there all day. Yeah, well, let's see. Last night I shoveled again for like the umpteenth time in, in two weeks. Because snow, of course. And Jason, I don't want to hear about it being cold in, uh, in down in Nashville. There's getting snow, too. I know they're getting snow, but... Uh, you guys getting like, you know, did, did you wake up this morning to a temperature of one? It's like one. That's not a temperature. I don't know why you're complaining. We get this every year. I know, but it's, I mean, a temperature of one. One is not a temperature. It's been a lot colder than this. Oh, let's see how these biscuits are. I mean, I don't think we have enough carbs with this meal. Listen, this is what they had. I've been in blind. Yeah, half the shelves were empty, and the food was expensive. So these biscuits were discount. 
They're like day old. I'll be eating them tomorrow too. Mom mm. bought some sketchy canned sausage gravy. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. Ooh, the biscuits are good. And they like their bakery is good. They did have some really funny discounted cakes. Mm. That were terrifying. Like really? they were they had a lemon cake with these orange sliced gummies on them. Oh. And then, like, multicolored confetti on it. <laughs> and I realized the cake was terrifying because it reminded me of a clown. <laughs> but their, their, their bakery is, is pretty good. And these sliders came from their prepared food section. And the ratio of, like, meat to bread to cheese is really good on these. True. Mm. This is their um, store-made mac and cheese, and that's good, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, like, their um, reduced foods were still so expensive. Hey! Oh, no. Don't make me bust you. Go, go lay down. Out of the kitchen. <laughs> I thought we were calling him. You wish we were calling you. It was packed in the IGA, too. Mm. We, I've never been there on a Saturday. How was the uh, mask uh, situation? Better than I expected. <laughs> Which means you saw at least two people wearing masks. I would say maybe a little over half. Wow. I was going to say something about Stephanie, but I decided not to. Because she's, she's away from the microphone, so I don't have to, uh, I don't have to hold back, because I know she doesn't listen to these episodes anyway. But. I'll do what she does to me. She's just, uh, I don't know. Love you, dear. I know you think I don't listen back. I'm just trying to do. Are you in a dino situation? Ah, uh, okay. <clears throat> so now Buster's all jealous. Well, he made his choices. Mm-hmm. I take it he's done with the rubber chicken as well? Um, he gets real aggressive with that, so I have to, uh, he, he's usually monitored while he chews on that. Yeah, when I was over here, when you weren't here, he was, um, going to town on it. Hmm. So. Sorry about that delay, that, that pause in there, but. Unfortunately, pause. I heard you talking. Unfortunately, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to edit an anchor, so. <laughs> what if you can't edit an anchor? 
you can, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's goofy. Hard to do on a phone. Hmm. So, I've been, uh, I'm finally, you know, fi finally getting back to the, uh, the Alien CG's Bible study blog because I feel like it. We've already talked about this earlier with, you know, without, without a microphone on. But, going, going back down to Tennessee for a moment, um, the Tennessee school board, uh, voted to ban from, I can't remember which curriculum. Oh, I think it was their eighth grade curriculum. Um, the graphic novel Mouse, which was, uh, it, the only graphic novel to ever win the Pulitzer Prize, um, and as you and I discussed, if they had just simply decided not to purchase it, no one would have noticed or cared. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be sold out to like the middle of March on Amazon right Sometimes now. Sometimes the public banning of things is the best thing that happens for the thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, why is this banned? I, I have to watch it. Mm -hmm. Or I have to, I have to read it, because... So possibly Tennessee is just playing reverse psychology game. Oh, no, they're not. I'm sure Jason will tell you the same thing. No, they're not. They're trying to score points with their supporters and, you know, well, at the same time, they're helping to sell out a book. I know very little about it. I would be curious to see how they address the topic in their regular curriculum. You know, mm -hmm. if they do at all. No, this is going, you know, this likely surrounds all the critical race theory and stuff, which, mm -hmm. by the way, is not taught in schools, in case you don't know. Because <laughs> uh, people are idiots. The reason I know uh, that that the book is uh, backordered till March is because that's when my copy is coming in now. So I figure, why not? I'll, I'll buy I'll buy all the banned books. If they're challenged or banned, I'll buy them. Have you ever read a banned book and been disappointed in it? Yeah. What was yours? Well. One of the most challenged, sorry, Candace, uh, didn't mean to get any chewing on microphone. Um, probably, you know, one, one of the most challenged books is Brave New World. And I like it, but it's... When you read it, weren't you like, why the hell was this banned? <laughs> why, why, why is this, you know... It's okay. It, it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... You know, I, I like I like it in the juxtaposition of 1984 because there's like kind of that. If you read 1984, there's there's a little there there's a little slap back at uh, at Aldous Huxley because George Orwell in 1984 says you know it, it wasn't 
know, it wasn't the, the utopia that, that many previous uh, scholars thought it would be. Well, Aldous Huxley wasn't writing about a utopia. No. So did George Orwell miss the point? Mm-mm. No, but... Uh, mm. It was clearly a dystopian novel. It was. It was. It was meant to be like a, a positive, you know, like a positive dystopia. That I think. I think that's. I cannot. It's been a while since I've since I've read it. Like, yeah, I've listened to it a few times, but I haven't read it. I haven't read it since sixth grade. Um, when I was, I was twelve, so that was a long time ago. But I'm talking about 1984. Oh. Um, to find out what the exact line is, but it's... Wait, which book came first? Uh, Brave New World. Okay. That was in 19... 1938, I think. I just remember reading that and being like, what the hell does he mean by pneumatic? And I guess that was... He was hmm? like, we're going to make pneumatic happen. And they were like, stop uh-huh. trying to make pneumatic happen. She's very pneumatic. Yeah. And all I could think of was those pneumatic tubes at the bank, because... <laughs> We still had those at the bank in oh. those days. I think think about what do what do pneumatic tubes do? Mm. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, and uh, soma, which by the way, there there is a drug called yes, soma there out there now. I was um disappointed and bored by To Kill a Mockingbird. People love it. I get Missouri, it. Missouri book. just uh, boring as hell. Missouri just uh, banned it. Yeah. Uh, Huckleberry Finn is always banned because of the name of a character. But again, you know that that is of a time. Well, and people were racist back mm-hmm. in the day. It was of a time. We had a book when we read it, like it was like a student edition, and it had the word, but it had it as like a footnote. Mm-hmm. Because it was made to be read aloud in class. Right. And what they didn't want was a bunch of white students reading out the N-word and mm-hmm. thinking they could say it. So it was, they, in the, like, the, the text that you would read, it had it, like, redacted, like, mm-hmm. with asterisks, but then in the footnote they had it, which I thought was a nice compromise, because I want a bunch of white mm-hmm. students saying that word, and being like, I'm just quoting the book, because you know they would, because <laughs> kids are jerks. But what I remember mostly from that book was that um, the dialect of, like, the, the, uh, the guy on the river was so hard to read because mm-hmm. he wrote it, like... Oh, yeah. That's what, as a kid, that's what stood out. It was like, oh, this is the book with the bad word. No, this is the book that they try to make us read out loud and we're all embarrassed because mm-hmm. we don't sound like riverboat operators. No. Buster? Um... I will sell you to the racetrack. <laughs> wow. Um. No, I. Uh, As I lay dying, I don't think that was banned. Hmm. I remember reading this and thinking. Oh, it will be. Well, thinking it should have been because <laughs> it was hmm. just so bad. I was like, why is this a classic? I don't, like, I, okay, I understand, I get the metaphor, I get the different shifting narration, but mm-hmm. it's, just because something's classic doesn't mean it's a good book. And I'm still mad that I had to read that over summer, because that was the reading program I mm-hmm. was in, and I wasted my time 
Also, I guess Faulkner was an old drunk, and he liked to sit on his lawn and, like, shoot at the college students in his town. Oh, he's nice. Um. That actually makes me like him more. Because having been a college student, we deserve to be shot at. Uh, You know, non-lethally, if I have a BB gun. Um. So... I believe um, Catch Cradle by Vonnegut is one of those frequently challenged. um, That is, I believe Catch Cradle and uh, probably Ken could uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's the one with the Church of the Church of Jesus Christ kidnapped. Remember that one? My mm. own, he was my ninth grade English teacher's favorite author, mm. so we read a lot of Vonnegut, and they kind of blend together. I um, liked uh, the Slaughterhouse Five is good. Yeah, I like that one. That one is that that one is so it it's so dark because it's so like matter of fact. I like um so I like an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things, and I think that was my first novel where the, mm. the narrator kind of unreliable. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching 12 Monkeys and the story structure of that is very similar. Mm. Like where the mm. past and the future are kind of intertwined. Um, I like Time Quake. That one, that's another Vonnegut. Uh, where that gets confusing is because he's talking about Time Quake 2. <laughs> uh, which is the book you're reading. Because the original time quake was erased when the time quake happened. It, it It's surreal. Um, I think Vonnegut is fun. And I am happy that I was required to read Vonnegut in high school because my teacher liked him so much. <laughs> like, of all the books we were forced to read. Um, oh, so much. Like, Arthur Miller. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Shoot me now. Um, Hawthorne. I didn't have to read those. I was in this um, program and I skipped a lot of like standards, so I didn't read Hawthorne. I didn't read uh, Romeo and Juliet. I skipped straight into something else. I had to read books on like literary theory instead of the actual books. So. So then as an adult, I went back and read some of those, and I was like, these books are terrible. I'm so glad I didn't have to read I, this in school. So I hated, and still because of that experience, I hate Shakespeare. I know, don't tell your best friend. Um, <laughs> but remember, I was, I went to Catholic school, so there Obviously, they're not going to tell you that, you know, Macbeth is full of dick jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... I mean, Shakespeare wrote for the common dude. Mm-hmm. Mom and I are so lucky. Like, we were at the right place in the right time when Great Lakes Theater Company was doing those open mic Shakespeare readings. Mm-hmm. It's for people who always wanted to read Shakespeare but didn't... It was daunting to them. Right. And so we would read it out loud, and we had real actors. But also, they they didn't shame you. Like, regular people could 
could join in the reading out loud. And you would basically read an entire Shakespeare play in a night. Mm. Like you would be seeing it in the theater, but it's a little slower, and there was sometimes some discussion. So we were able to experience a lot of Shakespeare that way, which made it so much more approachable. It was so funny, too, because we were with the actors who knew what was going on, so they could... Just watching them or hearing their inflection, mm -hmm. we were able to to help. And it was so, such a better way to read Shakespeare out loud as a group mm -hmm. than in a classroom. But I never had to read that in high school. Um, Did you no, ever we... have to do any of the Greek tragedies? No. That's fun in a high school because basically everyone's the chorus and you mm -hmm. get to shout things at the main the main actors. Yeah, um, no, we didn't have to do Greek tragedies. Uh, we did British literature. We had to read... Uh, I love British literature. Beowulf and the Canterbury Tales. Oh, which... yeah. Love that. You have to read it out loud. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know... Now... I did have an English teacher who knew how to read the Old English, mm -hmm. that, that Old English style. And it, it sounds really good in the Old English, but in, you know... I took a class on it my freshman year in college, and they gave us one of those phonetic alphabets so mm -hmm. that when you were reading it, you could pronounce it correctly. And it was weird to see how we all kind of sounded like the Swedish chef doing it. <laughs> borky, borky, borky. But it helped. It mm -hmm. just like the Shakespeare, reading it out loud and pronouncing it correctly helped a lot. Because otherwise, you're just mired in it. Um, I definitely... British literature is not my favorite thing. Um, American literature, yeah, it's newer. Because, you know, obviously, you know, it, it starts in the 1600s. And works its way forward, See, but it's a little more... I'm the total reverse. I think American literature is so Calvinist, <laughs> and, like, everything is right or wrong, and <laughs> British literature, I think, allows for uh, more nuance. <laughs> like, when I finally did get around to the Scarlet Letter, I was like, she thought he was dead. What the hell? <laughs> and so the whole book, I just kept... I was just so mad, which the is Scarlet the Letter? Yeah. Wasn't that about that chick who, she thinks her husband's, like, dead at sea, so she bones the pastor? Oh, yeah. And then yeah. she's got to wear the A on her dress? Mm. Yes. Hester Prynne? Hester Prynne, yes. But she's like, she thought he was, I mean, he was presumed dead. I, I understand times were different and all that, but it... I thought it was just a slog. You'd think for a book about, like, secrets and death at sea and, like, affairs that it would be exciting and, like, sexy, and it was not. You have to wear... You, you have to wait seven years before you can bone down after that. You can't bone down. She's a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She was expected to bone down, but also punished. <coughs> and then, you know, the pastor, who huh? shouldn't have been boning down, they were like, eh, you don't have to wear shit. <laughs> wow, it's like... There's my book review of the anyway. Scarlet Letter. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Grown Ass Book Reports, the podcast. <laughs> um, no, um, and, and I said this in, I said this to you, and I should, you know, I was going to tweet it out, but it's like, I really didn't want to have, I didn't want to have the discussion in Twitter. Um, A wise choice. <laughs> but basically what I said was um 
every reason given to ban a book of, you know, to ban a popular title in literature could also be turned around on the Bible easily. Except for the nudity, unless you've got an illustrated. Well, it, you know, if you, it, uh... Adam and Eve are naked. I, um... It's a main so plot point. Song of Solomon paints oh, yeah. a picture. I it mean, does. so you know you get, you know you do have nudity at least in the, in, in graphic description. The disciples also fished in the nude. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, Jesus appears naked before those ladies. In the <laughs> so yeah so there's this this is my favorite Easter passage. Hey baby. So he's dead. <laughs> You know, he's presumed dead, like, what's-his-face in the Scarlet Letter, and he's buried. Uh, also presumed buried. Terrible grave construction, just gonna say that now. And so these ladies are, like, in the, you know, they're grieving, they're in the memorial garden, and he appears to them naked. It says that in my version, the Good News Bible. And they're like, oh, it's just the gardener. And I'm like, whoa, 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 back up. The gardener's just walking around naked? <laughs> Even better. He's risen. Got that right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know he had to wake up with a boner. That's just biology. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't so much... I know that the whole point is like, oh, we see someone who should not be before us, but I, I always get hung up on, wait, are gardeners always naked? Isn't that a bad idea? Given Ooh. how many things in the plant kingdom can cause rashes. Uh-huh. I, I agree with that. But it's not like people had a lot of clothes. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was working on his tan. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I assume people in that part of the world at the time are not as prone to sunburn as you or I. Uh -huh. So, you know, maybe uh -huh. it was no thing to walk around naked in a garden. Personally, my ass so would be red. <laughs> Pure red. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. So, so yeah, I, you know, I, I think I have, I think I have well justified here that, uh, every reason for banning <laughs> books in popular literature can be turned around on the Bible. I mean, you've got violence, you have sexual immorality, I mean, shits, King Solomon. King David? King David. I mean, killed, had his brother killed and then married his widow. Because, as you do. We've seen that on forensic files. It does mm. not go well. Really. No, no, it never works well. No. It never works out. Um, I mean, you how... got bestiality, the oh, lady yeah. with the beast, the uh -huh. dragon. Um, yeah, you got you got a lot of stuff going on here. That features in that movie that with um, God, what's his name? This is Johnny Depp. Bear with me. I think it's Johnny Depp. Hmm. It's about like the seven signs or the seven seals and there's a book that depicts the seventh sign yes thank with you demi moore no no or is it seven with kevin spacey brad pitt and morgan freeman no it's a it's about a rare book that is like a cult and it features mm. these scenes that are in like revelation so one of them is the whore of babylon Hmm. on the the back of the dragon and there is definitely some like is she a dragon is she a lady or are they doing it imagery hmm. Hmm. taken like straight out of revelation i'll have to figure this one out it's a good movie we could i mean we could watch it today 
It's we'll relevant see. to your Bible study interests in a way that is also entertaining. I'm, I'm, I'm once again in a boring part. Uh, I'm on numbers, and then I have Deuteronomy, which, I mean, it's all just... It, 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 pretty much every chapter begins, God calls to Moses, tell the people of Israel this. So he goes through this long diatribe, and then the next part is, so Moses goes to the people <laughs> and tells them and repeats everything that was said. That's how people remembered stuff. That's oral tradition, man. It's like, you're writing it down, <laughs> you don't have to write it down a second time. You pretty much said, uh, so Moses went to the people and and said exactly what God said in the past, like, 15 paragraphs. It's like NaNoWriMo when you're like, man, I need to come up with another 10,000 words. Wrote, somebody <laughs> wrote the Bible for NaNoWriMo. I'm sure of it. Or what's his face? He wrote Great Expectations because he got paid by the word. Oh, God. You know, the dude. Yes, Charles, Charles Dickens. Dickens. Ugh. That book was okay, but it could have used some editing. It could have been a lot shorter. Uh, 8.40 a.m. I'll never forget that time. <laughs> I always liked Miss Havisham. It was 20 to 9. That was the time that, the, that all the clocks in Mrs. Havisham's house mm -hmm. were set to. I mean, I relate to her. Like, <laughs> she is hung up on the past because she's a petty bitch. And... <laughs> She likes to look at cake but not eat it because it was still there, which is me. I, you know, think a cake's prettier than, than tasty. Uh, she wore fabulous loungewear, and she hated dusting. Okay. And she had children do her bidding. Can't argue with that. Goals. There you go. Also, wasn't she wealthy? <clears throat> I think so, yeah. Yeah, why are people so down on Miss Havisham? She's <laughs> awesome. Feminist icon. <laughs> uh, In this essay. <laughs> and, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, you you have heard uh, you have heard book talk with the heartburn honeys. If you like this episode, like and subscribe. Uh, also, tell us if you want to hear us talk more about literature and and stuff. Oh man, I can talk about books all day. So, Carla recommended a book. I'm going to recommend it to everyone else out there. It's a book about fungi. About what? Fungi. Okay. Various mushrooms. And I'm looking up the author name right now. Fantastic mushrooms, and where to find them? Uh, Merlin Sheldrake. So, his name's Merlin Sheldrake. Okay. He's from England, and he wrote a book about... Uh, you know, the magical mushrooms of the world. His parents are freaking banana pants. Also, look at Merlin Sheldrake. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Carla, who was a librarian Man. up until recently, <laughs> here's another picture of him, who's like, I didn't put it in my Goodreads review, but this guy fucks. He looks like a cross between Neil Gaiman and uh, Adam Driver. Yeah, like, he looks like the Kylo Ren man. A little, but uh, it's called Entangled Life. Mm. And she says it's fantastic, and uh, it's very sexy because of his voice. So, all of my lady friends, we all have that on our <laughs> to-read list. And she's telling everyone, so there's a run on his book. <laughs> it is purely Carla's thirst trap. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I have I have mouse coming in, uh, like I said, middle of uh, middle of March sometime. 
so hopefully, you know, I'll have that, and maybe I'll maybe I'll do my own review of that because uh, it's not going to be not going to be a happy review. I know no, that it will not be like Carla's review. No, no. <laughs> I I am still reading uh, the the book on the Satanic Panic. Um, it is it is fascinating. I'm a slow reader. I can't help it. Um, There's nothing wrong with that, though. I'm a, I'm the opposite. I'm an extremely fast reader, and as you can see, sometimes when I go back to describe plots, it gets a little foggy. <laughs> yeah. So. Because it's, so there's definitely an advantage to being a slow <laughs> reader who absorbs the details. So anyway, uh, yeah, what I'm reading is it's a it's nonfiction. So. You don't it's read much a, fiction at all, though. I, I. Very little. Yeah. I started reading the, the first book in the Mars Trilogy, and it's just dry. Yeah, it is. Uh, maybe one day I will, but, you know, now it's just, it's very procedural, which is fine for a TV show, but you know, not for a book. It's good for some things. I liked it in the, um, the sort of, like, Swedish books, so <laughs> the Stieg Larsson books, they lay out all the facts in the exposition, so that you're not reading it and thinking, wait, what, did I miss something? Mm -hmm. So he gives you the background and then launches into it. It's very methodical. And for, a, like, a mystery or a thriller, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Because it, it, you don't get taken out of the mood by thinking, wait a minute, what did I miss? Right. Now, there's some, there's some books I'm thinking about reading just, you know, to, to put myself through more torture, you know, as if, as if reading the Bible isn't enough. But I'll, I'll get into those another time. Yes, on Book Talk. Yes, Book nice. Talk. Oh, real quick, Fagan, <coughs> do you think it tastes like strawberries? Because no. look at these, like, raggedy strawberries they tried to draw. Uh-huh. And I think they were, um... It's like the Wish version of strawberries. Yeah. No, it tastes like it tastes like pop with red in it. That's I mean I almost taste like a slight bubblegum flavor to it. Almost a like bit. a cream soda base. But it's not bad. It's naturally an artificially flavored strawberry. I like it. I like so. the red pop. I also mm. like rock and rye, but it's mm. real hard to find that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, folks, uh thank you for thank you for coming to our TED talk. Our uh, book talk <laughs> with the juggalo honeys. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, happy snacking, everyone. Later, taters. <laughs>